everybody. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum. All right. So you may have noticed that we are changing it up a little bit from what we said about this episode. Yes. Instead of doing Amityville Part 3 this week, we've decided to throw in a Grim Encounters episode. We found some last minute information that we want to finish researching before we record the episode. We legitimately do our best to bring you guys the best content possible, and we just wanted to make sure we gave ourselves enough time to explore some of this stuff because it is juicy. We've all been dying to hear about the haunting part of the Amityville story, and we aren't going too far from it today because this is Grim Encounters number three. We are sharing stories today from some of our listeners about a variety of scary topics. I love these episodes so much. I absolutely adore getting to read all of your stories and share them. So thank you so, so, so much to everyone who sent them in. Yes, I always think of these episodes as kind of sitting around the campfire and uh, spinning yarns together and telling spooky stories and just sharing knowledge, basically. I love it. Yes, absolutely. And the stories that we have for all of you today, they are good. I can't wait. I'm excited. Our first story today is from Kevin. So for the sake of everyone involved, the names have been changed, just so everyone is aware for privacy. (laughs) So back in, I believe, 2008, I was dealing with the death of my aunt slash foster mom and was also a father for the first time, as well as dealing with a failing marriage. Anyway, one night I went to sleep and what happened next still scares me to my core. I fell asleep and looked around in my dream and saw that I was in the middle of some wood somewhere with my high school friend Mac and a friend of his whose name I never got. There was a mobile home and a detached shed carport nearby. I don't know much about vehicles, but Mac and his friend do, and so we were all huddled over Mac's car. I vividly remember that the sun was going down because the sky looked like it was on fire. Lots of orange and red. Mac, and for the sake of simplicity, Alan, decided to go inside the home and offered me to come inside. I told them I'd be there in a second and headed to my wife Jane's car. As I was walking, it got pitch black almost immediately and all around me. I kept hearing these guttural growls almost demonic in nature. As one would, I freaked out and ran to the car. I could hear hooves running towards me in all directions. As soon as I got into the car and slammed the door, I finally saw a glimpse of what was after me as it rammed a huge goat horn into the door. It was an amalgamation of like a goat mixed with a bull and had these strange wings, almost like large, feathery bat wings on its back. They were everywhere. Mind you, Mac and Alan were inside the home. I tried to blare the horn, but to no avail. In fact, I just pissed off the creatures even more by doing that. So I turned the key, put the car in drive, and floored the accelerator. I can see smoke and dirt and debris flying up from the tires, but then I noticed something was really wrong. I was being dragged into the woods. I was screaming in terror. Little did I know, however, that my screaming wasn't just in my nightmare. My wife Jane told me that I was screaming in my sleep, and it took her 30 minutes to wake me. I haven't spoken about that but one time since. Thank you for allowing me to share. Yeah, of course, Kevin. That was terrifying. I think your subconscious imagination has got some craziness going on. Oh my, you know what the worst part about like brains is? It knows that we're stressed. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, so I'll give you this dream while you're trying to sleep. Man. And the amount of times that I am kind of like lucid dreaming where, you know, you're kind of half awake, half asleep. And I'm aware that I'm sleeping, but also I'm awake. And I'm like, can we just go to sleep without this, please? Like, this is (laughs) exhausting. Thank you so much for sharing with that or sharing that with us, Kevin. That was terrifying and fascinating all at the same time. Seriously, like that is, yeah. I love goats, but not like that. Um, So the next one we have is from Mark. As a child, I remember waking up in the middle of the night. My bed was centered in my room straight across from my bedroom door. Upon waking up, I was unable to move at all except being able to slowly trace my room with my eyes. As my eyes crossed from left to right across my open doorway, I slept with the door open as a kid, I saw the outline of what appeared to be a large man in a trench coat and a fedora. (gasps) The hat man. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. Oh, my God. I couldn't make out any features of his face or anything else. Clear as day, I remember hearing him take two big steps across the floor, reaching a hand out to my face, and then darkness until I woke up the next morning. I forgot all about this for years and then remembered it upon hearing a YouTube channel talk about the same event happening to them almost verbatim. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I think to me that sounds like, and obviously I'm not a doctor, but that to me sounds like sleep paralysis, does it not? It does, yeah, especially like just seeing the darkness but being aware of it. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had that when I was laying in my bed as a kid because I remember I used to sleep with my door open too and I could see our smoke detector on the roof kind of like out in the hall and -hmm. I remember seeing the little red light blinking on it and I was just staring at it as I was laid in bed and all of a sudden it was like whoosh and this like blackness appeared and I was like god what the fuck is that (laughs) that's horrifying but I can't imagine seeing like a, a man stood there in like a dark trench coat and a hat. That's terrifying. Well, the last thing you see is him reaching towards your face and then that's it. Mm-mm, mm. I swear. I mean, my imagination's pretty bad as an adult, but I feel like when you're a kid, you're it's just running wild in our little skulls. Oh, yeah, that shit's going to last forever. Like, you're going to remember <laughs> that. Obviously, you do because you're telling yeah. us about it. But oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, Mark. thanks for sending that in. So in advance for this next one, I apologize for my horrible German pronunciation. Forgive me. This one was sent in by Alptom Pupa, and he says, hello, ladies. I just want to say, like, Charlotte and I just spent a ton of time off off mic uh, with her practicing, so yes. she is doing a fantastic job. Even I, I'm sure you're right, <laughs> and I am proud of you. Pupa, I believe, and I'm so sorry. And if you would like to correct me, please do. I I'm always I, I want to try the best I can when it comes to anything outside the English language because I am just I don't speak any other languages and I wish I did. And you we'll did leave fan- it at that. You did fantastic, and I will teach you Bosnian. Oh right. Yes, you still have to teach me some words. Okay, anyway, we'll get into this. Yeah. <laughs> I will be attaching a terribly drawn map of the house I had my first paranormal experience with. This is part one of my two main experiences. And there was a very nicely drawn little map in that email. Thank you so much for it. (laughs) We appreciate these little context clues from you guys. My family moved from Washington to Illinois in 1995. 
we moved into a house temporarily and we were there roughly six months. I do not remember. I I was a much younger spring chicken. My memory is fuzzy, so the map may even be correct, but none of that matters. In fact, you can cut out most of this. I just want to explain the context. We never cut it out because we love the context. Absolutely. That's great context. On to the meats and potatoes of the story. I love that. (laughs) We moved in August slash September. We were still waiting for all of our stuff to get to Illinois, so I had to share a room with two sisters and my brother. One day, one of my sisters asked me quietly if I had heard anything. I said, no, what are you talking about? She refused to explain further. A week or so later, I had my first bout of insomnia. It's a school night, so I'm dreading sleep because it's already around 3 or 4 a.m., and we all wake up at about 7 to get to school. I hear something in the basement, the cliché ghostly chains. I heard the basement door slam open and then shut. Us kids hated the basement and had been down there once. It was musty, dirty, and full boxes from whoever lived there prior. I heard the chains go around the living room, towards the front door, and then to my future shared bedroom with my brother. It continued along the east side of the house through my sister's room. Could have been bathroom, hence the double rooms in the drawing. It continued to the south side of the house, into the kitchen. From there, I heard it at the back door. From the back door, you turn about 180 degrees and head directly to the stairs towards my room, my siblings, and I were all at. The fucking chain started up the damn stairs. Terrifying. I hate it. This is like giving me conjuring vibes. Yeah, it's quite the image you're painting here. It is. The chains get ready to be able to be seen be it Spectre or something else. I regrettably yelled for my parents, screaming bloody murder. The sound stopped and my father checked the house. Nothing disturbed. All the doors and windows secured, including the basement. After this, sleep found me. Was it a ghost? Maybe. But whatever it was, it wanted me awake to hear it there. This is creepy, but if you like, I can send my other story later. Please do. Yes, but please. This, <laughs> but this one still gives me boot goosebumps and sends dread down my spine i have no doubt it's very um reminds me of a christmas carol with jacob marley and rattling all his chains and everything yes it's very like classic ghost (laughs) he says thank you ladies for all your work on the podcast no thank you for listening and for writing in yes we really appreciate it and again please send us that second story i want i want to know more Yours sincerely, Altrum. I love that. Thank you so much. And yes, please do send in your second story. I want to hear it. This next one is on the more positive side of things. Thank you so much to Lance for your submission. Hey, Groom Curriculum. Hello. (laughs) Hello. I have another experience to share with you. This is of a positive and religious experience. And uh, Lance previously submitted a story about possession in, I believe, the first episode that we did. Yes, it was really I scary. Mm-hmm. The following story happened to me. And as far as I know, it is 100% true. I grew up as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormons a deeply spiritual religion, not without its quirks. One thing that members look forward to is going to the temple when they are older. I can't go into too much detail about it, but it's a very peaceful experience. When you get married, you can get married in the temple, and this is where this story takes place. My cousin was getting married and I was in attendance. You gather in a beautiful little room about 30 people can fit in depending on the size. 
There was an empty chair next to me in this room. My aunt, sitting in the front row, had an empty seat next to her and said that it was reserved for my deceased grandmother. Now, one thing Mormons believe is that when in the temple, the veil is thinner. I have never really known what that meant until that wedding. I had gone to the temple dozens of times and never had an incredible experience. During the wedding ceremony, I felt an arm around my shoulders giving me a tight hug, yet there was no one by me. I swear I could feel my grandmother sitting next to me smiling. The veil between life and death had never felt so thin to me before. I felt a little bad for my aunt who had saved a seat because I knew that my grandmother was sitting next to me. I've never written this story out before and tears are streaming down my face as I write this. Oh, Lance, thank you for sharing this with yes, us. Thank you so much. Um, he goes on to say, take religion for what you want. It's different for everyone. But I can tell you that this was something that I'd never felt before. The comfort of my grandmother, who had dementia for the last 15 years of her life, was herself. And I felt that, and I truly, truly believe this. From a longtime fan, Lance Reeves. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Lance. That was, I like that because it's kind of a wholesome go- a ghost story in a way, if that makes sense. You know, it sometimes is. they're pretty scary, but these ones I like to believe are, you know, a comfort from the other side. I think it's important to talk about the positive side of paranormal experiences because we definitely do have them. And it's it's a I think it's a part of grieving to have those experiences. And it's really special. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. The next one is called Upper Attic and it's from Steve. Me and my cousin were alone. Rest of the family was away for some party that we didn't want to go to. So we were sitting in the main room playing video games late in the evening. I should point out that the main room has a window to the front yard. We could see any cars who drove in and parked, anyone who walked in or out of the house, plus it was well lit. As we kept playing, both of us heard weird noises from upstairs. At first, we thought it was a mouse or something. The house wasn't exactly free of mice, rats, or other rodents. Next to the main room, where we were, there were stairs that lead up to the second floor, and like the front yard, we could see anyone who walked up or down from them. We didn't see anyone, and again, we were the only ones in the house. A few minutes later, we heard a loud thud. Now we are starting to get suspicious. This is the moment when red flags started going up for us. Thinking something just fell over, we both grabbed flashlights, electricity was out on the second floor at the time, and slowly we walked up. As we shined the light around, we didn't see anyone, just as we thought. Before we could turn around, a sound froze us dead in our tracks. It sounded like someone was trying to unlock the closet that was built into the wall. But here's the thing. The keyhole was behind a pile of heavy boxes with no access to it. We used the second floor as a sort of storage for old stuff. The only way you could have gotten to it is if you moved them all out of the way. No other way. As we both stood there in complete shock, I could have sworn that some female voice whispered in my ear, get out, before a chair that was a good six or eight feet from the wall moved towards the wall. Ugh, I don't like that at all. This is giving me Amityville vibes, like big time. And the whispering in your ear, it just makes the hair stand on the back of my neck. Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. All right. Like if someone was pushing or pulling to the wall, but no one was there to push it. After that, we both scrammed and ran downstairs, shutting and locking the door to the second floor behind us. 
This experience scared us so much that we didn't return to the second floor for the next two years. (laughs) I don't blame you, honestly. Of course, it might have just been our imagination. Plus, we both have had an experience of hallucinating when we are tired, and we did stay up very late that night, but in the heat of the moment, it might as well have been a ghost to us. I think we've all had a moment with like a cousin or a friend where you see something, whatever that might be, and just you psych yourself so much and freak yourself out, you know? Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Steve. Um, That was terrifying. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, again, Amityville vibes, big time. Yeah, I don't like the uh, personal space invader ghosts that come up and whisper in your ears. I guess picture it like breathing in your neck. That no, do not like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, our last submission for today is from. Well, actually, we've had a few from Patreon so far, um, but this one is from Pink Flamingo Twenty. So thank you so much, Pink Flamingo. Yes, you may recognize some of these names already, which is like super exciting. Yeah, you guys are like most of the people that hang out with us on Saturday morning or I guess Saturday afternoon. So thank yeah. you so much. Have, and if you don't hang out with us on Saturday, we do it every Saturday on YouTube. And why aren't you hanging out with us? Yeah, I always have a blast. Genuinely. Yeah. I love hearing you guys' questions and like spitballing back and forth. And it's it's a great hangout. Yeah, we get upset together about terrible people. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. We all commiserate. Yeah. <laughs> love it. All right. Hi, Pink Flamingo 20 here. I have a few stories from my childhood of some memorable ghostly encounters. The most prominent one is from around the age of nine. I would often be visited in my dreams by what I now assume to be the spirit of a child. The child in question seemed to be a girl around the same age as I was. She wore a pretty white dress with blue ribbons that was complemented by additional blue ribbons in her straight blonde hair. I remember several visits from her in which we would often play together and generally just do what kids do. I don't think she was a malevolent spirit, more of a friend than anything. On my last visit from her, we were both inside of a station wagon parked in the driveway of the house that I lived in at the time. We were just sitting there when the car suddenly started to move backwards toward the street. Once the car crossed the street, a large truck came barreling towards us and I woke up just before it struck. I often think of her in this dream, and it has definitely stuck with me. I assume she knew that we didn't have much more time, and she wanted me to know what happened to her before we lost our connection. My main assumption to her being a spirit is due to the fact that my great-grandmother was also reported to have seen this girl too. She often saw spirits within that home, and having seen the same one as her definitely makes you think. That makes me think of um, when we interviewed Tracy for extra credit and she was Mm -hmm. talking about the spirits that were staying with her, basically. That's crazy. Yeah. They're honestly like, this isn't necessarily like an imaginary friend type situation, but I just talking about like playing with her and things like that. I've always thought that like imaginary friends must be something more than that. Well, I think, too, they do say that kids are typically more open-minded when it comes to stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, They haven't kind of had the world uh, close off that part of their imaginations yet. So it wouldn't surprise me in cases like this if there was a little more of a supernatural element to them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Pink Flamingo 20 was kind enough to send us two stories, so we're going to read that second one now. 
The second story, if you choose to use it, is more centered around the different events that happened within that same house. These events are on the spookier side and often kept me up as a kid. There was one particular evening where my brother and I were both eating dinner in the kitchen. Across from the table, there's a doorway to a hallway that connects two bedrooms and a bathroom. Next to the doorway, there were two black trash bags sitting on the floor. I remember looking at the bags and thinking that I saw something moving inside them. Oh, no. (laughs) I hate it. Yeah, Mm. I'm already like, oh, where is this going? Mm -hmm. Okay. When I looked closer, two black shadows darted into the hallway straight to the bathroom. My brother was the first to get up and go to that bathroom to investigate. Upon realizing that he just saw the same thing, a sense of dread filled within me and we both asked each other if we had just seen those shadows. Seeing something yourself is one thing, but knowing someone else saw the same thing definitely makes things a little more creepy, especially to a kid. Ah, to anybody, honestly. (laughs) Oh my goodness. uh, Okay. Another creepy happening in that house centered around this little game console called Jibby. I I hope I'm saying that right. I, this is new to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. From what I remember, Jibby was a dog character who had various activities that you could interact with, such as painting. I remember various times when Jibby was left unplugged, but still made static noises and beeps from his speakers. Because we were both freaked out by this, we decided to ditch Jibby in the nearest trash can rather than deal with the creepiness of it all. It kind of reminds me of like oh, a Furby, you know, I don't know if you oh ever have one yes. of those. Oh, I, have the, I have my Furby uh, still in my curio cabinet right now. My childhood Furby is sitting there. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take a picture of him and post it on the Instagram. Please do, I want to see. I, my Furby, I do not have him anymore, but he was black and gray. <laughs> oh, mine's like giraffe colored. I love that. That suits you, I feel. <laughs> Anyway, back to Jibby. Oh, yes, this is this is terrible. Okay. A couple days later, however, Jibby returned to our room with no explanation. We were absolutely not having any of Jibby's shenanigans and promptly discarded of him again, thankfully for the last time. As we got older, we came to the conclusion that our mom more than likely found Jibby in the trash and returned him to our room without addressing why we threw him away. But being age nine and seven and hearing stories about haunted items returning, we were absolutely not taking chances. I love that. You were like, uh-uh, we are I not playing. You. No, me either. I do have a brief bonus story if you feel inclined to share it. Hell yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) Please share your stories. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, they might like my story. We will love your story. Send it in, please. Yeah. And by all, write it however you want to write it. Never apologize for it being too long or too short. We want to hear it exactly as you want to tell it. Yeah. If you want to write it in in poem form, that's all good. Like whatever you want. (laughs) Tell tell us a tale. Tell us a story. We just want to hear from you. Grim bards of the world, where are you? We want to hear from you. Yes, please tell us your tales. (laughs) This happened in my previous home and is more comical than scary, but still weird. I'm here for it. Right? (laughs) I love it. Please. I was around the age of 16 or 17, and I was just minding my business watching YouTube on my phone. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw something moving around, so naturally, I look over in that direction. There, for a brief second, I observed my deodorant floating in midair. 
Before I had time to process what laid before my eyes, the deodorant flew to the floor. I assumed that the ghost either had no idea what the deodorant was or simply just did not like that smell and decided to be rid of the offending scent. I often wonder if this was the same ghost who liked to blast country music from my radio in the middle of the night. That is so bizarrely disruptive. (laughs) That's just rude. That's like bad-mannered hauntings. Yeah, picks up deodorant. Ew. Drops deodorant. (laughs) Right? I don't like it. I hope you enjoyed these stories and they were everything you wanted them to be. They were. Absolutely. Yes. A plus. Uh, Both of you do fantastic work, and I have nothing but excitement for the future of TGC. Much love to you both. Pink Flamingo. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you so much to everyone for sending in your stories. I know we say it a lot, but we genuinely do enjoy hearing from you guys, and your stories never disappoint. Seriously, they're fantastic. And again, like Charlotte said, they don't have to be long or short or whatever. It's just send them in. We'd love to hear them. They don't have to be about ghosts. Uh, We've had alien stories in the past. Those are always fantastic. Tell us anything. Did you like... Is your cousin a serial killer? Like, what happened? You want to know things. <laughs> yeah, or, like, were you ever on, like, jury duty for a wild case? If you can talk about it, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, tell us things. <laughs> Imagine that we are your gossipy aunts that just want to hear about your dark story. <laughs> <laughs> Who will tell everybody. Exactly. Uh, so if you do want to submit your stories to us, you can submit them at thegrimcurriculum at gmail.com and just throw in the subject line like uh, Grim Encounters or Listener Story, just so it's easier for us to find you and put you in future episodes. Yes. And uh, I'm kind of liking this being like a quarterly kind of thing. Our last one was in January. And uh, I'd love to do it again in, you know, a few months. So send them in. Yeah, maybe. I mean, because in a few months, we'll be kind of tiptoeing into the fall. Hopefully the hot, hot days of the summer will be over. And I only say that because although today is not too bad for recording, it gets incredibly hot in here in the summer. And so I'm looking forward in that sense to some cooler days, but maybe we'll kick off the fall with some spooky stories. Ooh, yes, please. (laughs) All right. It is that time of the week. It is time to give a shout out to our fabulous, wonderful, amazing Grim VIPs and up. A huge, huge, huge thank you to Mudkip, Kevin, Judy, Hillary, Brian, Atlantean Jedi, Pink Flamingo 20, Lisa, and Bob. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please consider joining our Patreon. It means so, so, so much to us. It's a great way to support. Um, Another awesome way to support is, of course, buying our sweet, sweet merch. Yeah, we'll have links to Etsy and our Threadless store down below, so you can check that out. And I'm pretty sure, actually, give me one sec, I'm going to confirm this. I believe there's a sale on our Threadless right now. What? Let me check. Um, so right now there are $13 tees and $16 tanks with everything on sale, and that ends on May 29th, which is Sunday? Monday, May 29th, Monday. So you have the weekend to shop to your little heart's content if you so choose. Yes. And there's some like really, really great stuff on there too. So go check it out because I am impressed. 
yeah, I like seeing our designs on t-shirts and cool tote bags and pretty much whatever you want. So go check it out. Yeah. If you are listening on a platform that allows you to rate us, please consider leaving us a rating. If you like what you hear, it helps us a ton. It really, really does. So please, uh, or a thumbs up or a comment, interact with our post because internet algorithms are a giant bitch. You can also follow us on all the social media things at The Grim Curriculum on Instagram and Grim Curriculum on Twitter. We also have our personals. If that's something you're into, you can find them down below in the description or the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been The The Grim Grim Curriculum. Curriculum. Hey, Charlotte. Yes, Dina. Did you know that groups of meerkats essentially have designated dictators who assign mating couples and harshly punish any female who is impregnated without permission? I did not, and I am at a loss for words. Bye. Bye.